This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by GoGo's Bootcamp. Are you a real estate agent looking for the best social media training program on the planet? GoGo Bethke is considered the top Instagram realtor in the country, and her step-by-step training program will take your social media game to the next level. She's so confident there's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. Keeping It Real listeners receive a special discount, so please visit gogopodcast.com. That's G-O-G-O podcast.com for your special discount. And now on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Talbot Sutter. Before we get to Talbot, quick reminder of two things we ask all of our listeners to do to help support our show. Number one, tell a friend. Think of one other real estate agent that could benefit from hearing interviews with top 1% producers and send them a link to our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. Every episode we've ever done is there. We are just crossed over the 180th episode mark. So thank you to all the listeners and fans who keep telling us to keep going. And we will. So thank you. And the second thing we'd like you to do is also follow us on Facebook. Find us at facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. You can watch all of our interviews. You can listen to our interviews. You can also see all the articles we post about how to help you grow your business. So once again, facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now on to our interview with Talbot Sutter. Okay, today on the show, we have Talbot Sutter from Sutter and Nugent in West Palm, in Palm Beach, Florida. Um, let me tell you about Talbot. Talbot is a lifelong resident of Palm Beach Gardens and a third generation Palm Beach County, Florida native. Uh, upon graduating from FSU, Florida State University, Talbot moved back to his hometown in Palm Beach Gardens and began his real estate career. In fact, he was fully committed to a career in real estate before he graduated Florida State. He secured his real estate license well before he completed his education. I, I did not do anything like that in college, so I, I applaud anyone that had that foresight. But in January of 2014, uh, Talbot formed Sutter and Nugent Real Estate, a full service upscale residential and commercial real estate company to better serve his customers and to provide a level of personal service rarely found in the industry. Uh, The company specializes in working with sellers and buyers in the Palm Beaches and throughout Florida, and they have four offices and are currently opening a fifth office next month in Boca Raton. So uh, please visit uh, SutterAndNugent.com. That's S-U-T-T-E-R-A-N-D, Nugent, N-U-G-E-N-T.com. Also, please follow them on Facebook, Sutter and Nugent, and on Instagram, which is Sutter and Nugent I-N-C. Uh, Talbot, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Excited yeah, to be we, here. 
we are really excited. I, I, I'm saying this out loud so that either one of the two of us remembers. Before we finish, I, I want to, you'd sent us a story that I, we, I never get to these stories when I ask people for their most unusual real estate experience. You have an amazing one about a home that was sold where you never ended up meeting uh, the customer. So I definitely want to, uh, before yeah. we end, we have to go through that. But, right, uh, right. but, but first, before we get to, to, uh, to the end, let's start at the beginning. Um, I would love to, and our, our listeners would love to know, you, you really have specialized uh, your company in the, in the luxury space. That, that, is, that is your bread and butter. Um, you're, you're a young guy in the industry. You've, you've done incredible things. But can you sort of start us at the beginning? Like, how did you get started? Um, I right, know you, right. you got your license in college, but how did you end up start building your business? Yeah, so we, uh, I, originally I, I got into it, you know, probably, you know, sometime in high school, as far, as far as I can remember, you know, even before high school, middle school, the only conversation we would have at, at dinner would be, you know, some issue my mom was having with a HUD statement or, you know, buyer <laughs> or financing that. And in my mind, you know, I'm 15, 12 years old trying to figure out what's a HUD statement, what you're right. talking about. And so almost by osmosis, I've kind of, been you know saturated into into the real estate business but when i turned 18 i got a, a huge pressure and push from my dad uh, to get my license because at that time i was helping my mom with open houses you know tagging sure. along with her on showings and um you know opening doors for him and i was you know basically selling property my dad's like listen you really need to get a license and uh, <laughs> let's make so this I, legal <laughs> yeah, let's make this legal here so get yeah. your license so 18 got my license and uh Kind of the rest was history. Originally, I wasn't going to go to school, but, you know, I'd obviously gone to, you know, all the way through high school and yeah. had a big push to go to college. I did that and did rentals through uh, through college, kind of put myself wow. through Florida State. Wow. Um, so so you were you were working as a leasing agent. Um, were you doing mostly, uh, mostly college uh, leasing? Yeah, mostly yeah. students and uh, kind of got a good following from parents from back in, in Palm Beach County, uh, Boca, right. Beach, Palm Beach Gardens, bringing their kids up here. And then when I graduated, um, those are my first calls. And I got back home and I tried to get yeah. into the business and I'm calling all the parents that I rented uh, houses to their kids to. Well, and th they were probably the ones footing the bills anyway. So you were probably dealing with them while you were leasing yeah. to, their, to their sons and daughters. Oh, wow. That's so right. smart. So yeah, all, all proof of funds and everything were coming from the parents anyway. So sure. we, we knew which one's the target first as soon as we got wow. back. So as soon as you got back, you're like, hey, by the way, I'm a fully fledged realtor. I can help you buy and sell and invest. Right. And yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. It was, uh, when, you know, when we came back, it was probably 2000 and... I want to say 10 or 11. And so the market was pretty depressed then. Um, sure. There wasn't a lot of people buying and selling. And now you yeah, that's a tough time to get in. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, and that was kind of another blessing is that we got in at a time to every year since uh, 2010, it's been a little bit better and better and better wow. um, of a market. So it's helped us out a lot. Yeah. And so aside from, you know, working with, with the, the parents of, of the students you helped before, you know, and I'm sure as, as you know, Florida has, I think you, you might have the most number of real estate agents in, in all of the country. Maybe California is higher, but it's, it's between the two. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have their license and a lot of people never really make a great career in real estate. Um, so I, I'd love to get your thoughts on, on why you think you've become successful. Maybe what you tell your agents at your own firm, you know, what, what uh, advice do you have? for agents who right. are starting out or just who are looking to get to that next level. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, with our agents, especially if we bring on a new agent, we, the biggest thing we harp on is you have to treat this 
business as a full-time job. Yeah. Um, I'm sure any experienced real estate agent will, will agree with that is basically, you know, wake up, you know, wake up before the sun comes up too. That's my other rules. You have to be up before the sun comes up to get, you know, yourself proper, you know, and the proper mindset for the day. Um, dress professionally as soon as you wake up, get into the office. If you have nothing to do, I don't care, come into the office um, and start either listening to other people that are experienced, getting, you know, soaking in information or start planning out your day. Um, and if you don't have anything, any appointments or any sellers to contact, then, then you're prospecting. And by prospecting, you know, you're, first you're hitting your sphere of influence. You know, that's everybody sure. says hit the sphere of influence. Yes. But then you're, you know, the next thing is when you, once you burn that out in about a week is try to right. figure out who's the, who's the most likely person or, you know, company that's going to put you close with a buyer or seller, whether it's a builder, a restaurant, you know, tier, anybody that's going to have employees working for them. Um, and if you can involve it in a construction aspect or a, um, a building aspect where people are going to be creating homes or, or developments, getting in with those people uh, by, you know, and initially, you know, we were cold calling. That's how sure. you know, we started. We started up by cold, cold calling all the builders back in 2010 um, and trying to get in with a couple of them. But you know, when nobody else was building, there might've been three builders uh, back then starting and we got in with one of them. Um, and that was kind of our leg in with new construction, but there's, there's so many different ways, but I, I would say for a new agent or somebody looking to get to that next level, planning out your day and doing it every day consistently is the most important thing you can do. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I struggle with that too. I'm not a practicing realtor myself. I have a license. I don't, I don't use it, but uh, I recruit realtors. But even throughout my day, um, I have people that make appointments for me. But if I don't plan out my day, if I don't structure it and saying, okay, between this time and this time, I mean, I have appointments scheduled, but what do I do in between those appointments, right? And a lot of right. times, I might only have 30 minutes in between an appointment, but I really haven't thought it through. And I'm like, oh, now I'm scrambling to find something. And as a result, I'm a lot less effective. I'm a lot less efficient. Um, right. So time blocking, I could not agree more. So critical. Very, very critical. And I think, uh, you know, having somebody that you can come into the office as a new agent or maybe an agent that's doing three or 4 million and you're trying to get to the 10 or 12 million, having somebody that you can go in and watch and, you know, even if you're not shadowing them, but mirroring them and try to, you know, emulate your business on how they're doing it, will get you, help you get to that next level. Having yeah, I was them, watching... I agree. And I was watching a, pro, a promotional video you had made for your company. And one of the things that was said by one of your agents, which I thought was so, uh, so interesting, and I haven't really heard it much in other videos from other firms that I've seen across the country or here in Chicago, uh, which is that you, you said, hey, look, classroom learning is great. There's definitely a place for that. We, we certainly offer that but we really want people out and about. Like we want to show you how to actually get out of the office. You know, obviously you're in the office to learn and to prospect, but we want to also take you out and show you how to actually grow this business. And, and I'm right. sure with so much competition and there's so many realtors in your area, you guys have shined and that, that's, that has got to be your bread and butter is we know, we know how to do this. We want to take you around and, and show you actually how to do, you know, like shadowing, mentoring, how to do a listing presentation, how to meet with a, a first time buyer, all of right. those things. We, we like action. And that was one of the things that drove me, you know, absolutely crazy was when I was at, uh, so I, when I graduated college, I came back and worked at a, a, a very large firm. It was one of the largest firms in South Florida. And I was in the corporate aspect of it and seeing how they would train these new agents and the people training the agents, one, you know, 
were people that had not succeeded in real estate. So they, you know, right. with, you know, a training position. Yeah, yeah. And then two, they would, they would scold the people if they had missed the class and the people that were missing classes were out getting listings and doing right. business and writing contracts, but then they were scolding them, you know, for not coming to the, the class of learning how to write a contract. So we, you know, at that point I said, you know, I love, you know, we have attorneys come in and teach all the time and do all that. You got to know the rules. You got to know how to write a contract, but the, the things that you can't teach and that, you know, you wish you could easily teach overnight is taking the initiative and going out and getting business. And that's, you yeah. know, that drive and that fire in somebody is what, what makes a really, really good agent and takes you to that next level. Yeah, I have a little tip. You actually just uh, sparked a memory I had back when I was in the corporate world. Actually, I worked for a, um, a, a midsize actually a smaller a tech firm. And we had, I don't know, 150 employees or so. And I, and I was, you were just mentioned one thing that was really important. This is what sparked memories. You said you need to get in front of, uh, of people who maybe it's not your sphere of influence because you've burned through that list already. But now these are people that could get you in front of other prospective buyers, sellers, renters, investors. And I was thinking about this. So I used to work at this tech firm and we had an HR director. And once in a while, somebody must cold called her and said, you know, hey, we're Affleck or, or you know, we want to come in and do a presentation for supplemental insurance, whatever it was. There was constantly these things going on. And, and I ended up leaving that firm. I came over here and I started helping our agents with some of these marketing ideas. And I said, you know, everybody you know works somewhere. And if you contact them, especially like at the firm I was at uh, with the tech firm, it was people in their late 20s mostly. These are mostly renters. But they were all well compensated people. So these are people that are going to be buying a property very shortly in the next few years. And like you were saying how you helped uh, your, uh, you know, the people that, that you knew in college helped them, then you were able to come back and work with their families um, when, when right. you, you know, and, and that's the same sort of thing. So for everyone listening, you know, going through your sphere of influence, you'll find who's ready to buy, who's ready to sell. And then most people just aren't going to be in that position. But you could say, hey, where do you work? Is it, can I somehow come in and, and bring lunch and do a little seminar on first-time home buyers, or I can help people with renting, or you know, it's just a great opportunity to get in front. So I'm, I apologize for taking over there, but you no, just I, you sparked that memory. Yeah. It's a hundred percent right what you just said. Yeah, uh, tell us a little bit too about you know you've started a firm. Um, so tell us that process. Like you, you were at a large, uh, the, one of the largest South Florida firms, and you decided to go off on your own. So talk a right. little bit about about that. So we, um, you know, the firm that I was at, I loved. Um, something happened with one of the owners there uh, where they, the owner actually uh, passed away. I loved him to mm. death. Uh, and at that point in time, I, I kind of used that to transition. Um, so we started that. It was myself, uh, one other person um, and my father kind of doing the behind the scenes paperwork and, and leasing sure. paperwork and all that stuff. So we started with that and kind of slowly built uh, momentum, you know, with the market, with, you know, using knowledge. And we kind of, at the time, prided ourselves on being the most, you know, the youngest, most tech savvy people in the business. And with that mindset and with, you know, we, at the first time we were the first people to use drones when they used to hire helicopters and that would have to spend a thousand dollars to get aerials. We, you know, were the first ones to have drones. We were doing drone shots for all of our properties, but that coupled with, you know, the internet, we were huge on um, doing online advertising. Um, and then as social media developed, like now one of our biggest thing is doing targeted ads on Instagram and Facebook and sure. getting in front of the people Instead of going out to a group of a million people, you're going out to a thousand people that are more qualified to buy that million dollar home. Um, but using that technology, using that savviness and, and that momentum to, to bring on other kind of like-minded individuals that all had the same goals, you know, in mind, we weren't, you know, it wasn't every 
Tom, Dick, and Harry coming on board. It was people that sure. wanted to be kind of part of a movement and part of a, a growth period. Um, and with that, you know, we now we have about 100, 155 agents, uh, and we're putting them in the fifth office in Boca. So it's, That's incredible. it's worked out well. And a lot of it's been timing too. It hasn't just been sure. all of us, but you know, the market timing and, and you know, property values going up and you know, the tax incentives for Florida, all that's helped us out a lot. Yeah, you know, I, I went to a, um, Inman does a independent broker um, yearly meeting. They did it online this year because of uh, the pandemic. But a couple of years ago, I was in New York and, and I went and saw it and they had an agent from San Diego. No, I'm sorry, San Francisco. And he was one of the most successful agents in the country. And so one of the questions asked to him, because you, you, you work in the luxury market, as did he, is they said, well, what makes, like, what's different about marketing a luxury property? And I, you know, I, I'm not a practicing realtor, so I really didn't know what the differences were other than, you know, obviously wonderful photography and, and you have to know the property and, and, you know, the drone shots and, and virtual tours and all of that. But um, in addition to that, uh, he was like, oh, wow, we just, you know, we go way beyond in marketing. And I imagine, uh, is that the same sort of a thing in, in, in Palm Beach where there's lots of affluent clients, you guys play in that space? Um, do you have to really step up your marketing game when you have listings? You do. You got to step up the marketing game. You got to step up, you know, your personal game and gain. You have to really, in luxury property, I tell, you know, our agents and tell people that want to do it is it's more of, you know, everybody has the, the MLS tools, you know, pretty much if right. it's a decent brokerage, they all, you know, have the website tools and all that stuff. But sure. you have to be able to sell the lifestyle um, right. and be able to really treat that person with, you know, a white glove service to where, you know, anybody can send them properties, but you know, not everybody's going to go pick them up in their car and, you know, have, you know, waters waiting for them in the car, have, you know, everything set up throughout the day, have lunch planned, have, you know, know the chef at the restaurant that's going to come out and greet him and say, Hey, how are you guys? You know, welcome, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And make him feel at home and, and give them that personal touch uh, that, you know, we kind of tell our agents and train our agents to do if they're dealing in that, in that category of business. But it's, uh, you know, marketing at that level is, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money and you sure. can get burnt, you know, on the listings, you can get, you know, seller can decide not to sell. And all of a sudden you're out, you know, 15, you know, 16,000 bucks on marketing one listing sure. uh, that you're waiting on. So that's another thing we tell our people is don't put all your eggs in one basket because <laughs> sure. no matter what, they're all not going to close. Um, so you gotta, right. you gotta be careful on how you do that. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. And, um, you know, but it is, it is really interesting. And I know you have so many agents, so you guys have grown to a pretty sizable number and I'm somebody who recruits agents. So I know how difficult that is. So you must be doing a lot of things right to attract all these agents to come, to come work at your firm. And also the expansion that you've had is incredible. Uh, I don't know that I've ever talked to anyone that's expanded to five offices in let's say 10 years. Um, that's an incredible growth up to 150 plus agents. I spend eight hours a day recruiting. Uh, so I know exactly how difficult that is. And, um, and, and also you're running your own business. You, you're, you're running your agents' businesses, uh, you're training, you're coaching. Um, why do you think agents are, are, have become so attracted to your firm? I think um, one of the biggest things that we ask people too, when they, when they call us up and they want to come in for an interview and talk to us, because um, we haven't really done, you know, a lot of recruiting. It's mainly Yeah, you haven't needed people. to. Yeah. And, and we ask them, you know, so what, you know, why are you calling us? What, what's, you know, what's, why are you in here today? What, what has sparked your interest? And some of the things that have kind of come together that seems to be the common um, thing that they say is that we've, you know, heard about this 
really contagious energy that you guys have in the office. Um, so, you know, and we, it's not just, you know, young agents with us. We have older agents and every, every different type of agent, but everybody that's with us has a, a super energetic mindset. Everybody wants to come in and learn. They're always bringing in ideas, you know, different, you know, for sale by owner programs or pitches or, you know, expired sure. listing pitches. Um, and we're always switching it up too. So I think, uh, you know, the office atmosphere is really, really neat. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in the Wells Fargo Palm Beach Gardens office right now, and there's probably two other people in here right now, but you might go into the Delray Beach office and there's, you know, 10 people in there, they're calling, you know, they're yeah. you know, all chatting, bouncing ideas off each other. So I think that coupled with people that have come on board who had no experience in real estate, and then all of a sudden now they're making, you know, three, $400,000 a year, you know, being a, a super, you know, mega agent in South Florida and them, having that on their social media and people seeing that, I think, you know, makes other people want to get in the business, but um, it's, you know, a combination of a thousand different factors. No, you're right. But you're obviously doing so many things, right? I actually, you, you said something that I don't think anyone has talked about on our show. We've done almost 200 episodes now, but, but I wanted just a real drill down on something because you mentioned expired and FISBOs. So a lot of our listeners have, have certainly heard uh, from other agents, you know, should I buy expired and FISBO leads for sale by owner leads? And, and should I be calling them? And boy, there is a variety of, of opinions about how successful one can be with those. There are some people that say they you know, they're the hardest phone calls to make because you're going to get hung up on, people are going to yell at you. Um, and then there's other people that go, boy, you know, I've got so many listings and, as a result of that. Um, what, I don't know what it's like down in South Florida right now for, for, uh, for sale by owners and, and, and expireds, but is that, is that a viable strategy still where it, are, are agents having success with that? It is. And it's the way I've kind of, and there's, everybody's got their own opinion on it, but I, sure. when people come on board with us, we try to get them to um, specialize in a specific area. And that's another thing yeah. that's going to help us get, you know, those next level listings. Um, so they become an expert, you know, in that area. So we tell those people in those areas, we don't have territories, but we have kind of, you know, known territories of people that work certain areas and, Absolutely. If you're an expert in that area, I would be calling every single FISBO, every single expired, you know, sure. every single morning. Um, that's kind of what we do in the mornings. We come in 7.30, 7.45 and look at that list um, to see if something's popped up. But to, so if, if, if somebody came in and said, I want to call every FISBO in Palm Beach County, I mean, unless they're really an expert in all of Palm Beach County, you know, every single neighborhood. Well, yeah, they won't be able to really to, to do much for those clients unless right. they are an expert for sure. Yeah, exactly. And if you can talk, say, you know, you know, Susie down the street that just sold her house or that house that sold off market next to that specific FISBO in your uh, specific market area, you can talk more, you know, educatedly about it and, and they trust you more. They know that you're not just giving, reading off a script, you know, calling everybody in the handbook. Um, right. So I, I think in, a, in specific areas that you're trying to, you know, dominate or go after, then absolutely 100% expires in FISBOs. I'm so, it's so refreshing to hear that because the vast majority of, of, of agents, um, non-top producing agents will say, oh, it doesn't work. Because to, to be fair, most people don't want to cold call. Most salespeople don't want to cold call. We have uh, phone call reluctance or, or I forget what the, the term is. But if you can, you know, if you can get to a point where you can pick up the phone and start dialing, um, boy, that is a great skill to have. It is. And it's like, I mean, you said it perfectly. It's not, nobody likes to do it. It's not right. fun. Right. You know, people, you know, answer and tell you to, you know, F off, go screw yourself. I never want to talk to you again. Right. Um, you know, how to bounce back from that. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but usually in this business, when you're doing things that are uncomfortable and out of your comfort zone, 
that's how you get to the next level. And that's how you get that client or that listing that you would have never had a chance of getting. Um, well, I don't, I don't want to work out either. Right. But it's a good right. idea. Yeah. So I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to do pushups. I don't want to diet. Um, but I, I do want energy and I want to live a long life. Um, and so if we're thinking about our, our real estate career, what are those daily disciplines? And if you can force yourself to, to not only make those calls, because really anybody can make those calls and many other agents are making those calls. But if you can bring something new to the table where you're actually an expert in that area, or you have something in common uh, with that seller, uh, you know, oh, hey, down the road, I help so-and-so, you know, sell their right. property. Um, boy, that really helps a lot. Right. Gives the extra mile. Um, I would love to hear, I, you sent us a couple of, of really uh, fun stories that I'd love to get into because I never get into these, but I would love to hear the story. Uh, this is a funny story about, um, there was a waterfront property and you had just bought a new boat and you were showing clients. Do you mind right. uh, sharing that story? Yeah, yeah. We, so that was, uh, it was probably three years ago. We, I, I just bought a, uh, it was my first boat actually. And, um, you know, I was super pumped about it, trying to you know show it off to everybody. One of our clients that was coming down, flying in from New York. Uh, one of the sea waterfront property in Jupiter. And I said, absolutely. And actually, I just, I just bought a boat. You yeah. know, why don't we go on the boat? And you go, oh, yeah, I want to I see the property via the water. That's a great idea. So I tried to, you know, space out the listings, you know, as much as I could, to, you know, because we're going from waterfront to waterfront. Right. Um, taking a little extra time. But um, we get on the boat. You know, it was beautiful all week. It was beautiful that morning. And we get on the boat, see the first house, and we're walking out of the back door. And all of a sudden, that first, you know, crackle of thunder happens. And I, I thought for sure the buyer was going to call an Uber and get out of there. And he said, no, no, let's keep going. And we get in the boat and we're, we're cruising you know, at the second house and it just starts downpouring rain. So probably for the next two and a half, three hours, you know, we're so soaked head to toe. <laughs> and it's not like an inside boat. It's a sport fish. Uh, right. So you get wet, right. you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm, you know, dressed up to a teeth, you know, sweating and getting rain poured on me and <laughs> looking like a, a hot mess. And, um, but it actually, it worked out. The guy ended up buying a house and it, it, it wasn't from the, those showings, you know, right away that he bought the house. He came back two or three times. Um, and we went by car the second and third time. And he, <laughs> sure. uh, but we, we shared laughs together and we, sure. and it was kind of something I learned after the fact that the more rapport, the more personable and the more, you know, that was a very personal experience we shared on the boat we kind of came together in a moment and I felt like they, at that point, really, really trusted me. I really trusted them. Uh, it kind of brought us to that next level in the relationship to have them come down a second and third time and buy that $3 million house. So that was yeah, a, it's, a neat experience. It's, it is. It's, a, it's such a great story. And it's a good reminder that having a shared experience with your customers, with your clients, even if it's an uncomfortable experience where you're getting rained on in, in your boat for two and a half to three hours, which of yeah. course is a, that is a difficult experience to go through for the client. Right. You feel bad for the client. The client's trying to reassure you because they don't want you to feel bad. Um, <laughs> and, 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 but at the end of it, you've just gone through something together and, and that actually binds people tighter. And as the perfect example of uh of, so, you know, don't, I always tell our listeners, like, don't be afraid of, of you know, uh, experiences happening that aren't always positive. So people get locked out, they get caught, you know, uh, locked, everyone's got, a, I got locked out on a patio with my client story and I had to yell down oh, yeah. to somebody to come up and we had to wait up there an hour. And, uh, you know, those things, it all, almost all those stories end up with, and then, yeah, the client really liked me. And then we ended up, you know, right. They just, bought a house. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd also would love to hear the story about how you sold. And this is really a truly incredible story. You basically sold a $3 million house and never, uh, the buyer never met this, never, never saw the property, correct? 
Right. And the, the whole time, and a lot of like with the whole um, kind of COVID thing that happened, we, you know, a lot of our stuff went virtual and uh, sure. we equipped the handle and everything was good. But even, you know, with that, you still meet the client, you know, you still at some point in time, see somebody, but right. this was a, a listing that we had in the, the contract came in, um, you know, buyer's name, you know, love this house, love your pictures, love the marketing on it. Never met the person, and, you know, had a quick phone call with him. The seller the whole time thought the deal wasn't going through. Sure. Uh, of course. Thinking, oh, this can't be real. You know, the, the guy he hadn't even come and drove by the house. You know, he's out of state. I think it was uh, Connecticut. Um, and never saw the, the buyer, never saw the buyer. Ne the buyers never met the seller. Um, wow. It was a cash transaction and he had to do an application, do a phone interview with the association um, closed on the property remotely. And to this day, still have not met the guy. Uh, and it's, it's years later. And I text him, you know, here and there. And I joke with him. I, I still haven't met you. And, oh, I'll have you over one of these days. And, you know, I never even see his car outside the house when we're driving by. So he's, a, he's kind of a ghost, uh, a yeah. ghost client, but a good client. Boy, that, that yeah, is, uh, that's funny. Thing with technology, you know. It is. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the best thing, and, and unfortunately our country is struggling right now with the pandemic and, and it's a horrible, horrible thing we're all dealing with. Um, but maybe one of the things that will help agents is that people are so used to doing Zoom meetings, you know, uh, or, or on Facebook Live, or there's lots of different platforms now, which are virtually free. Um, and agents now can, you know, have those first meetings. Obviously, in-person is preferred, but right now, maybe not always the safest thing to do. So this is a great opportunity. And you don't have to, you know, everyone knows how to get on Zoom now. It's not like you're going to struggle with even my, you know, my parents in their 70s use Zoom all the time. You know, so it's, it's like, this is really a great opportunity to, uh, to really connect with people through social media and through technology that in the past would have been more challenging, I think, because we weren't right. conditioned to do it. Right. And it, the Zoom meetings have made everything way more uh, efficient on our end as yeah. far as office sure. meetings. Oh my God. We would have an office meeting. We'd have, you know, 60 people flood into the office or 50 people come in and, you know, yeah. a whole day would be on because you're talking to people right. and donuts are flying around. It's a mess sure. everywhere. Now with Zoom meetings, we come in for an hour, get everything done with uh, super efficiently. Hours done with and we're, we're on our day. So it's, it's made everything a lot better in, in my opinion, the Zoom. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's also, I think it, in some ways it makes everything a bit safer too, especially for agents who are meeting clients who they don't know um, and they've never met. And, you know, there's always safety considerations and Zoom is a great way to have that first meeting when, you know, in the past, maybe people would do it at a coffee shop, which is perfectly fine to do too. But just always trying to think about safety. I think that's one of the other benefits to come out right. of this is people are going to be, I think, hopefully more safe as a result by, you know, having those face-to-face -face meetings, getting a better sense of what the client's like, if it is right. somebody they don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I'd also love to find out exactly, um, you know, is from a perspective as a business owner, you have 150 plus agents. You've obviously seen some agents really succeed. You've seen other agents, I'm sure, struggle in the industry, no matter what, what firm they're at. Um, you know, you talked about getting in early, you know, pounding the phones, um, learning the craft, absorbing it from other agents in, in the office. Um, it's from, from a marketing perspective, because a lot of our, our listeners go, okay, well, how do I get out there and market myself, right? Um, and I know there's no magic bullet answer to this, but what, are there a, is there a suggestion or two that you have for agents that are looking to go, okay, I've exhausted my sphere of influence. What do I do now? 
Right. I would say probably the, the most important thing, you know, for those agents is, is to really, you know, be yourself. And I know that's yeah. kind of sounds corny a little bit, but be yourself, meaning don't try to, you know, we see people come in um, that don't have any experience in real estate and all of a sudden they're, you know, so disappointed that they're not getting a million dollar listing in the first right. three months or the first sure. six months. And I mean, I didn't, I, I think I did rentals my, my first, you know, year and a half, uh, which are, you know, a pain in the butt, but you know, yeah you don't just jump into it. You know, some people can and some people will, but it's, you know, it's not everybody that's going to hop into it. that's going to get to that incredible, you know, $5 million list in a couple of months. So I think be yourself, know, you know, what, you know, get in, write down your, your strengths, write down your weaknesses, try to improve on those weaknesses um, and realize that, you know, when you're doing business, you know, if you're doing any business at all, how can you capitalize on that business you're doing? So if you're doing, you know, three to 400,000, you know, dollar deals, you know, mm -hmm why are you doing those deals? Maybe it's the people that you're meeting. Maybe it's the, the areas that you're hanging out or the, you know, the leads that you're, you're trying to call on or whatever it may be. And, and then adjust that. Um, right. So, you know, not saying, Hey, drop your old friends, go find new friends, but sure. you know, maybe you, you get a membership uh, somewhere where you're going to be put in front of somebody that might have, you know, that million dollars to spend or that $2 million to spend and uh, you know, rub elbows with that people, with those people instead of those people, you know, vice versa. Um, where you can try to, you know, put yourself in a situation that is going to allow you uh, to be in a deal that's going to be, you know, what you want to be in. Um, yeah. And so then also, also being able to make sure that they're, that they should choose you over all the other agents that are vying for that business, which means obviously upping your game in every sense of the word. You better know more than the other agents about that area. Know your you inventory. Yeah, yeah. We say know your inventory, know your inventory, know your inventory. It's the most important thing. You got to be able to talk, you know, numbers and statistics with everybody. Otherwise you're, you'll fall into the, the 25,000 other realtors that are in Palm Beach County. You know, just yeah. trying to, you know, strike a deal. We have, um, there's a realtor here in Chicago. He's the number two realtor. Uh, we have 44,000 in Chicago. And, and so I interviewed him on our show uh, not that long ago. And I asked him like, how'd you become so successful? And he said for the first five years, you'll, you'll love this. And I'm sure it won't shock you at all. Uh, he woke up every morning, put on his suit, and he wanted to specialize in a neighborhood called River North here, which is, happens to be where I live. And so he would just, but he didn't know anything about River North because he didn't live here. He, he wasn't really that familiar with River North. So he would just get up every day. He would walk from building to building. We have a lot of apartment high-rise buildings and, 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 and mid-tier buildings. And he would just walk from building to building. He didn't know any of it. For the first five years, he basically, that's essentially all he did. And he said he only closed 10 sales in his first five years, which is not much as, as you obviously, as anybody knows. Um, and he said, that's all he did. And he just, he said he was the poorest person of all of his friends. He wasn't making any money, but he said it was the best five years he ever spent. Now he said, most people aren't going to be able to survive doing that, but he goes, I'm glad and he was able to live at home with his parents for the first five years. So that helped. But he said it was the smartest thing he ever did because he goes at the end of that five years, there was nobody that knew river North better than me. And as a result, I got all the listings and I, and people knew that I knew more. Um, right. So he did his homework and obviously not all of us can spend five years, you know, walking from building to building, uh, you know, but, but certainly you could spend an hour a day doing that, right? Right. You can spend exactly. an hour. Yeah. You can spend an hour a day learning the inventory and, and studying the market because, you know, it's like, if you expect somebody to, to turn over a, 
you know, two to $10 million property for you to sell, you better have a real good pitch about why they should choose you versus, right. and obviously you guys have perfected that. That is your, your bread and butter, our, our luxury properties, along with obviously other properties. But the fact that you can play in that space really demonstrates what your agents have this ability to, to be able to have those conversations in a really intelligent way. And, and I'm sure most agents couldn't, and, and you probably don't worry about other agents because they probably just don't know as much, I'm guessing, about those types of properties. Right. We try not, we try not to look, we look at the competition, but we try to just kind of always look ahead, uh, sure. not worry about what people are saying about you and just try to try to always come up with something new that's going to put you ahead of the curve um, and trying to find out what that is. I was listening to a podcast where, especially for people getting into the business that, uh, and I forget who was saying it, but he said, um, for people getting into the business, if you look at any other profession where you can make, you know, two, three, $400,000 a year, you know, whether that's, you know, a doctor, that's a, a big time attorney, it's sure. somebody that's, you know, pretty well off. Uh, in the it's a profession. great living. Yeah. They've had to go to school for yeah. you know, four years. Okay. And then yeah. after, during those four years, they're not making any money. If they're going right. to that doctorate level, they're going to school for another three years. So he said, treat your first four years in real estate as you going to school and you learning. Yeah. And if you can make any money in that first four years, great. You know, we tell people, yeah. you know, try to make some money your first quarter, but it, you sure. know, you're not going to be that superhero agent those first four years. You're going to be doing what that guy did, you know, kind of pounding the ground and really learning what area you want to, you know, really specify into where you can become that, you know, that either luxury agent or that well-known, you know, neighborhood agent, whatever it is. Um, it's just time and experience. You know, there's no secret, secret sauce to it, but it's, uh, you know, time, energy, efficiency, um, and just, you know, overall trying to be an expert in that field to, to get you to that next level. Yeah. And the good news too, is it's, they would, it's, um, I forgot who wrote the book, um, but it's, it's never crowded along the extra mile. I, I forgot who, I think it was Scott Peck who wrote that, but anyway, um, that is so true where if you're willing to go that extra mile, you'll find it's not that crowded with competition, right? There's, there's right. lots of other people, but they'll stop well short of that extra mile. And all of a sudden, you know, you'll say, Oh, Oh, it's pretty, it's pretty great over here. I'm actually an expert where most people maybe don't have that knowledge. Um, but for anyone who's listening, who's in the South Florida area, in the Palm Beach areas, can, we, can you mention the, the areas you guys uh, uh, serve? Yeah, so we're uh, pretty much from uh, northern, uh, northern Palm Beach County uh, down to the Florida Keys. Um, we have uh, the Naples office, uh, Jupiter Palm Beach Gardens, Boca, Delray Beach, Manalapan, uh, Florida Keys, and Naples. Um, so pretty much all Southeast uh, Florida and a little bit over on the West coast. Well, if anyone's listening, who's a buyer, a seller, a renter, an investor who is looking for a, an agent to work with, uh, Sutter and Nugent is a great company that you should be considering. Um, you know, the best way to reach out to them, visit their website, sutterandnugent.com. We'll post a link to it, of course, in our notes. Um, and then also, there's a lot of agents that are probably now going to be interested in learning more about your firm. Maybe they're looking to make a, a switch. Uh, what's the best way uh, an agent should or a client should reach out if they want to work with you? Best way is either through social media or the website. Um, yeah. You can find my cell phone on there or, or just click uh, inquiry and it'll, it'll lead you to an email. So um, either way, you know, social media is instant. We'll get it on our phone right away. Yeah, that's great. You can find them on Facebook at Sutter and Nugent. So at Sutter and Nugent, just a search for it. You'll find it. And also on Instagram, their handle is Sutter and Nugent INC. So uh, Talbot, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. We thank you not for having me. It was awesome. It was yeah, a nice a pep talk for the end of the day. I let, you know, we should have done this in the morning. I would have been running out the door. 
Well, um, I am I am not going to be calling for fizzbos or expireds at the end of the day. Uh, so, uh, but uh, but I'm going to tell all of my agents to do that because that is a is a great idea. Um, and I know our listeners got a ton of value. So before we go, we want to thank uh, thank Talbot for uh, for being on the show on behalf of the listeners. We appreciate your time. We know how busy you are. It's a big deal to give us uh, an hour here, and we we greatly appreciate it. And also on behalf of Talbot and myself, we want to thank the listeners for continuing to support our show. Um, we, uh, we're continuing to grow. We actually, we think we're the most popular podcast for realtors in the country now. We're super excited about that. So that's only because of, of the great guests we have like Talbot and also for our listeners for, for helping us do two quick things. One, please tell a friend. Think of one other agent that could benefit from hearing this great interview uh, with, with Talbot and send them a link to our podcast. You can find us online. Uh, easiest way is go to our website, which is um, keepingitrealpod.com or find us on Facebook. We're at you know facebook.com forward slash keepingitrealpod. We have every episode we've ever done or just pull up any podcast app you have, type in keeping it real, look for the one that's real estate related. It's us. There's a few other podcasts called keeping it real, but you'll find ours um, and, uh, and tell a friend. And then also just uh, continue to listen to these great episodes. Uh, we bring you know two to three new episodes a week. Uh, this was a fantastic one, and we want to thank all of us. So on behalf of uh, Talbot and myself, want to thank you for continuing to support our show. And thank Talbot, you. thank you so much, and uh, congrats you. on all thank the wild success. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Thanks.